Welcome to Speaking in First Draft, a Girls Right Now bi-weekly interview podcast series featuring the current and next generation of storytellers. In this podcast, our community members share a draft of one of their works in progress or completed pieces and discuss both the writing process and what creative expression looks like to them. Speaking in First Draft is hosted by me, Catherine Destin, the editor-in-residence and mentee alumnae of Girls Right Now. Girls Right Now is a New York City-based nonprofit with over 25 years of history, breaking down the barriers of gender, race, age, and poverty to mentor and train the next generation of writers and leaders for life. This week brings you a special episode where both of our guests have shared the first drafts of their current works in progress. You're about to hear from mentee Aya L. Massaby, a creative hailing from Colorado interested in fiction and nonfiction, and from her mentor Ann Hellman from New York, who founded The Grandmother Project, an online archive for people to share the stories of the women who come before them. In this episode, our guests discuss Anne's novel, The Bloodroot, which is about a woman meeting the ghost of her great-grandmother in the streets of New York City, and Aya's long-form piece, Molly, which follows a royal family, specifically 16-year-old Molly, who is coming of age in royalty. While both pieces are fiction, they are rooted in some of the realities our guests have either experienced themselves or witnessed. Listen in to hear Anne and Aya's conversation about the drafting process of these fantastical pieces. Hi, I am Ayo Masubi, and welcome to Speaking in First Draft. I am a creative living in Aurora, Colorado, and a Girls Right Now mentee. I love to write both fiction and nonfiction. I'm Anne Hellman. I'm a writer living in Brooklyn, New York. I'm a mentor for Girls Right Now. And I'm so happy to be here with my mentee um, talking about our first drafts. Um, Aya and I thought that we would have a conversation about um, the first draft process um, and each read a little bit from our projects that we're working on right now. Um, So in a sense, we're interviewing each other for this episode. Um, So I guess I'll start. Um, I'm working on a novel called The Blood Root. It's about a woman who one day meets the ghost of her great-grandmother on the street in New York City. And through her learns her lo- learns about her lost family and ultimately about herself. For about seven years, I researched the lives of a few women in my family. And for a while, I thought I would make a book that was a hybrid of nonfiction, historical fiction, and memoir using real names and events. But then about a year ago, I got some advice from an agent who suggested I turn it into a complete work of fiction. I changed many names and characters, and with the help of an extremely talented editor, I wrote an entirely new outline for the book. I'm now about halfway through the novel version. So I'll read just a short excerpt. These are the first three paragraphs of the first draft. Um, and it's, it's really, um, following the woman in the very beginning before she meets the ghost of her great grandmother. Chapter one, the ghost and her son, May, 2016. Eve would think in the morning how absurd all of it was, the scramble in the middle of the night to get comfortable, to get Aiden comfortable, 
his messy, restless head nearly slamming into her chin as she used her arms to calm him. The calls had come as if from the other side of the world, thin and yearning and growing louder, desperate, until the mom echoed within her skull, snapping her eyes open. She was awake, her son calling. In the half-light of his room, the all-too-dim bedside lamp lit, she let his body lean into hers as they sat propped on pillows against the wall at the head of his bed. Aiden had been standing in the doorway when she reached him, about to go downstairs to their room. She always worried he would trip and fall one of these nights in a fit of a night terror. So she had guided him back into bed, pulling a book off the shelf without looking at its spine, a thin paperback. Maybe this would cause the shift her son needed inside his mind. Sometimes, Eve would think to nudge Rob and tell him to go help Aiden, but Rob had work in the morning, and even though he would always fall back to sleep more easily than Eve after being woken, she would lie there awake anyway. What else could she do? Listen while her husband tried with Aiden, listen and spend the rest of the night lying in bed without sleep while Rob fell swiftly back into unconsciousness? No, she would do it. She would answer her son. Hi, uh, let's let's hear what your excerpt did, a little bit about what you're working on. Okay. I'm currently working on a long form of fiction called Molly, although it's, uh, Molly is a working title. It is about a royal family called the Bergmans, and it follows Molly Bergman, a 16-year-old, learns about her role in the family and what it means for her and those around her. And this is my excerpt. It was about 7.54, and all the children in her hall created a crowd as they headed to the dining room. Some talked with each other, while others looked forward, ignoring each other's existence. Molly joined them from her room and walked over to Ben, a tall and quiet boy who Molly didn't mind being with. Like always, he was wearing a simple shirt and pants with a sparkly gray mask. She greeted him, and he nodded. Good morning. Did you sleep well, Molly? She nodded back and asked him about his night. As he was about to say how he slept well, Emma butted in with her joyful and careless way, squeezing in between them. Hi, Molly. Hi, Ben. Are you excited about what we're going to be eating this morning? Do you think that we'll be having eggs with delicious beans or maybe... Molly rolled her eyes and stopped listening. Emma had a similar dress on, long and yellow, just like Molly's, which annoyed her a bit. Since the weather was nice out, the family would be eating in the outdoor dining room near the garden and lake. The children walked down the multiple stairs to the yard and followed the smooth concrete path to the large outdoor room. As usual, mother and father and the adults were already there, waiting for the children to arrive. Mother and father pushed out of their seats and stood up, musty dark green veils covering their faces, barely showing the long green face mask they wore behind behind it. So Anne, what inspired you to write your piece? That was great. I, uh, um, so um, I wanted to know more about my female ancestors and what their lives had been like a hundred years ago. I've been um, always been interested in women's history and it hit me one day around 2015 that there was so much history just in my own family that I could tap into just by looking at family records and doing my own archival research. The more I found out about my father's German-Jewish ancestors who came to New York from Bavaria in the 1840s, 
and about my mom's Norwegian ancestors who crossed the Atlantic about 10 years later, I was hooked. And what about you, Aya? What, tell, me, tell us a little bit about um, your story and how you came about writing it. Well, it was kind of three things all at once that kind of inspired me to, to write it. I think like around this time, there was, I mean, there always is drama around the UK royal family, but I think there was like a lot at this time. I think it is around when um, Harry's memoir was coming out. And I don't really care about them. I just, they are constantly in my news cycle, so I can't really escape it. And also, I started watching an anime with my siblings called Shadow's House, which is also about a a royal family itself. And then Anne gave me an amazing prompt to write about family, which sparked the whole idea of the story. I really wanted to write and explore the structure of the character's family and the relationships with each other similar to a royal family. Yeah, you know, it it struck me just now how, um, you know, we were both writing about family and about um, kind of the worlds that they inhabit. Um, And I liked how you described your piece as this kind of um, royal family and in a, you know, an, an unknown world, a world that you're creating for this, for this piece. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely different than the one we live in. <laughs> That's very cool. I love it so far. I love, I love hearing about it. Um, Thanks. So do you want to describe what your process was for writing your first draft? Sure. Um, so, you know, this is, it's an interesting first draft for me because um, the project had started off as a nonfiction project. Um, I, so when I decided to turn it into a novel, um, I had all of this historical material and, um, and, and names and dates and, and real life events. Um, and so my task all of a sudden was to turn it into a story. And, um, so, you know, the, the, the best thing I, I think, um, about fiction is really um, kind of a kind of a gut feeling that you have in making um, a story. You know what feels right, what feels like um, is going to happen next, and that kind of thing. And so I'm starting to um, basically follow the arc of a story, the rising action, all the way to the climax, and then I hope um, I hope the ending pays off. <laughs> um, so, and essentially, my story now is about three different women searching for fulfillment in their lives. Um, and then kind of how that search for fulfillment gets passed down uh, generation to generation. Um, so that's really where my my um, book is now. Uh, what about you, though? Like, where, where are you in the process? At this moment, it's it's more like just writing as I go, the story as I go, because I don't want to care too much about how things will end up because I'm just trying to have fun and like actually get the words done on paper. I have a very vague outline for the beginning of this story and, you know, maybe the big, like the first half kind of, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to follow it, but if I want to like maybe not follow it as much, I am letting myself do whatever I want with it. Cause I'm trying to have fun and like 
make sure I get down the words before I be critical. That's great. That sounds like exactly what you should be doing. <laughs> so, Anne, is there something that surprised you about this draft compared to other things you've written? Uh, yes. You know, I think I am surprised um, kind of how much easier it is <laughs> to write um, this as a fictional um, piece rather than a nonfiction piece. Um, I, I don't feel like I need to be as factual. Um, I can make things up, obviously. <laughs> um, and so I think, I, you know, to be honest, I think writing this, I, I'm reminded of how I think I am naturally a fiction writer. Um, the draft is going very fast, which is surprising. Um, I know that, you know, as I'm writing that a lot of this isn't working <laughs> and I'll have to go back and do, you know, extensive, extensive rewriting and revisions. Um, but while it's going, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, what do you, what do you, what are you finding surprising about your draft this time, Aya? Well, what surprised me is how much fun I'm having writing it. I really feel like I'm letting my creative self go and not having t to worry about making my writing perfect. I think this is because I know I will have to go back and like you said, do extensive, you know, revisions and do a lot of editing anyway. So like at this point, why not have fun and make mistakes? That's so true. It's it's okay to make mistakes right now. And maybe the mistakes will end up being something kind of great in the book. <laughs> yeah. So what was the most difficult thing about this draft for you? So, so far, um, the difficult thing is, is actually the fun thing, which is I can do everything, anything I want. But it's also difficult for me because... Um, you know, I, I keep going down these rabbit holes of what could happen, what could not happen. And I think where I am right now, I am trying to follow a certain story arc. So, um, and I do have an outline, so I'm trying to keep to that. And so I think it's kind of this tug and pull of keeping on the outline and letting, but also letting myself explore. Um, but it has been difficult to kind of restrain that a little bit just to get the draft done. Um, so do you have any potholes you've hit during your writing so far? Or how's it been going for you? Um, I mean, at the moment, the most difficult thing about writing this story is remembering all the rules I've set up for the world, like all the characters and stuff. Sometimes I just might be writing about like a certain event happening. And then like in middle, I remember, oh, wait, that can actually happen. And like, <laughs> kind of annoying but if I really <laughs> want it to happen I try and I go back to like the place where I wrote the rule and like revise it let's say maybe you know this can change a little bit I love that you have these rules for the world I think that really makes makes sense because you're creating it so you you know and, and in a way that helps you have some structure right while you're exploring yeah that's great so how do you feel about outlines? Do you use them or not? If you use an outline, do you write it before, during, or after the first draft? I definitely use an outline. Um, and especially for this book, um, I, you know, I first using, started using, um, a very, very, very long outline, um, for the, for the nonfiction version. Um, I had so much historical information that I wanted to get straight and, and keep track of and not forget about. Um, 
And so that outline then fed into this new novel outline, but now it's, it's actually a very different thing. Um, the novel outline is about tracing the story and about rising action and how action creates another action later on in the book, kind of a cause and effect. Um, whereas the old outline was more like a very long synopsis of all the material and, you know, the order in which I wanted things to go. Um, <clears throat> but now, you know, I, I had this thought just today that the screen, that the outline that I'm writing now is almost more like a screenplay. Um, it's kind of like a, um, you know, a story, um, visualized on the page, um, ahead of time. Um, and I thought I could read just a, a piece of it, um, the outline of what I read earlier. Um, right now, it's it's looking like like this. Eve reads a bedtime story to her ten year old son Aiden. He has grown out of her reading him reading to him in general, but tonight he can't sleep. He has been struggling with night fears. Eve has been woken up by his calls to him and has pulled a book off the shelf. She reads to him, thinking it will calm him, but it makes things worse. After much effort and tears, they both collapse. Eve wakes up in her bed as the window lightens, listening to his breathing. So that's just like the very first entry in my outline right now. Um, and, it, you know, what it does is it helps me set up the scene so that when I start writing it, I kind of already have it visualized. But um, how about you, Aya? Do you, I mean, in terms of outlining, like, what what's it looking like for you while you're writing your piece? Well, I think, like, outlining is, is really important because I want to know, like, where I want the story to go and how and where to add all the conflicts and climax. It's like I'm in, like, a proper story. But at the moment, my, my outline is very vague, like, Almost like one word. <laughs> That's because, fine. <laughs> yeah. It's just because I want to ex continue exploring this world I am creating without like restricting myself. Uh, I know when I get to a point in the story where I'm sure I know where it is going and like I know how this world works and what I want to happen. I will probably like write a lot more detailed outline. Yeah, you know, and I think that actually sounds perfectly right for this time where you know you're you're building and you're letting everything come out if you had an outline it would almost probably get in the way yeah um so that makes a lot of sense to me so and what do you do with all your drafts after you finish a project so i'm an obsessive saver of every single draft i've ever written i have anything i've ever written um this is actually probably maybe the second full novel I've written. Um, and I, and I save, um, every draft separately with a number and in folders for the year that I finished it in or that I was working on it in. So, <laughs> um, so what about you? How do you, what do you do with your drafts? I, I do the same. I, I have like my, my folder of like them all, um, like named out by years and like, Depending on the project, I might have like five different like docs with like different, you know, time labels on it. So, well, this is like in October when I wrote this version of it. I, oh, I that's know, so I think smart. It's important to like go back if you 
Absolutely. Like, I, I think that's so smart, too, to have a month on it because because um, things change, obviously, within the year. And I remember having I had a writer friend who um, hadn't saved one of her drafts. And kind of when she wrote a new draft, she just saved the new one over the old one and then was kind of wishing she had gone back to that other draft and it was gone. Um, so I remember her telling me that and it kind of scarred me for life. <laughs> um, so I think yeah. that's good that you're doing that too. Okay. So, and what does it mean to create in a community like girls right now? Well, I have to say, you know, hands down, this is the best writing community I've worked in. Um, I have a lot of writer friends, um, you know, I know a lot of people who are writing. Um, but, you know, with Girls Right Now, I really feel surrounded in a very good way um, by hundreds of writers and women. A lot of them I haven't even met yet, obviously. <laughs> um, but it's a very supportive group. Um, and I feel like I'm around, you know, people who are doing the same thing I am doing. So I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled to be part of this and to share my work here. What about you? How's, how's Girls Right Now for you? Well, joining Girls Right Now is probably the best thing that has happened to me for like many reasons. One of it is like, you know, being able to meet Anne and all the amazing creatives there. I also feel so like comfortable working with my stories with them, having them look over it and help me out. Because like before I joined, I, I was not very confident with my ability to do anything creatively. And I didn't want to let myself dream about being able, you know, to be a good writer or artist. I was not confident, but I told myself I was just being realistic. But in truth, I just didn't really want to let myself down in case I failed. And attempting to join girls right now was kind of like a leap of faith for me. When I got accepted and started attending the workshops and got to work with Anne, I started to believe in myself and gain confidence in my ability. Having so many brilliant women around me, believing my believing in my ability to make meaningful writing and art has definitely been a game changer. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you're that you're a part of it. <laughs> me too. So and what is a piece of advice that you've received about drafting that helps you and that you would like to share with other writers? Um, so the advice from the editor I'm working with um, has been, you know, very helpful. Um, in terms of first drafts, um, she actually quoted the record producer Rick Rubin, um, which I thought was kind of cool because yeah, obviously he makes music, but it's very, it's, it's kind of the same thing, right? Um he he said that the seed phase um, or the first draft stage, you know, what we've been talking about, um, needs to take as long as it takes. Um, and I just think that's so true. Um, kind of like what you were saying, Aya, about just letting it take its time to grow. Um, I think, you know, when an idea is forming, it's critical that you give it time and space um, because you don't know how it's going to turn out. Um and it kind of needs whatever time it needs to turn out to what it's kind of meant to be. Um, and I, you know, I've seen that in my own project. Um, the seed stage for me was really all that research and mulling over <laughs> of the research. Um, 
you know, kind of like thinking about these people and the time periods and what it was like then and all that. I mean, I feel like that was this very long seed stage that then from that grew this story. Um, and that then now has turned into the first draft of a novel. Um, I would call this the craft phase that I'm in actually right now, which is more, you know, trying to take that seed and really kind of, um, kind of nurture it and kind of steer it um, with some boundaries and discipline and, and right now with some deadlines because <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to get the version done. You know, I want to finish the first draft. Um, um, the other piece of advice I would just point out quickly while I'm working on a, you know, a novel first draft, um, <clears throat> it was very good advice about um, rising action, which I think I've said a couple times already, but, you know, in thinking about this story, I kind of am consciously thinking about how one action leads to the other. And some advice I got was to kind of in a scene, follow the action all the way to the end as much as you can. Um, and then you keep track of that action. And kind of later on, um, see where you can fit in what the response or the effect would be of that action. Um, so kind of like stepping stones all the way to the climax in the book. And I thought this was really good advice um, just to kind of keep in the back of my mind as I'm writing the first draft. Um, I, I think in any story, um, whatever happens, it's kind of a, a nice setup to have kind of um, with you at all times. What about you, Aya? Is there a piece of advice you've received about drafting yeah. that has helped? Or Yeah. First off, that's like some great advice you got there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I just, it wasn't mine, but I, I'm happy to share it. Yeah. So the best advice I've got about drafting was from my older sister, Asma Masibi, who's also a writer. She's always told me that the draft will be bad and, and poorly written, and it's just a part of the process. She said, she always says that what matters is getting my ideas on paper and not making them perfect or fretting over like every sentence to make it perfect. Knowing this is giving me like so much comfort when writing any of my drafts, but it, like, especially this one. That's so great. I love that you have these older sisters who are guides for you. I, uh, I think that's amazing. They're and that awesome. one of them's a writer. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, so lucky. Um, and, you know, that's such good. I love the way you put that. Um, the draft will be bad and poorly written. And, it, you know, it's funny when you said that I was thinking I, I have had these exact same words in my mind when I'm reading my first draft sometimes. <laughs> and not that it's, you know, you should, you know, but yeah, of course, we're all writers. We're self-critical. But it is what's good about it is just to kind of accept that, that parts are going to be bad and poorly written. And that's okay because it's a first draft and you can go back and edit it. And I think that's the fun part. <laughs> what do you, do you think it's kind of fun too, like revising a bit or? Oh, I, I honestly, like in most projects, I find the revising part the most fun. Yeah. Because, you know, I got everything down. It's just time to, you know, Put the icing on the cake almost. Yeah. It's almost like the, it's kind of the reward, I think, in my mind. Like after doing all this work, you get to kind of reward yourself with the revision. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if everyone uses it that way, but 
I don't, I, I've, I've definitely talked to writers who do not see it that way yes. at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least we have something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. So, Anne, where can people find most of your work? Um, so I, I started this website called the grandmother project in 2020. Um, and it's a place where people can, um, share stories about the women who came before them, whether it's a grandmother or a great grandmother, or even aunts and, you know, people you're not even related to, um, genetically. But, um, so if people want to check it out, it's, it's grandmotherproject.net. Um, and I send out an, a newsletter almost every month, um, with a lot of just writing and, and links and things like that. So that's where my most recent writing is. Um, and I, I know you have a website for both your artwork and, and, and soon some of your writing, I hope, um, where can we find more of your work? Well, um, I've illustrated for Polyphony's Ukraine blog feature. I don't know if that's come out yet. I hope it comes out soon. I've been waiting. Yeah, that should be amazing. I can't wait to see that. And I have an art website. I need to update it. But you can see it at iaalmart.weebly.com. Great. And I also, I think, I mean, I, I also wanted to point out your work was selected for the Gold Key by the Scholastic Art and Writing Award. So congratulations. Yes. That's I'm so really exciting. happy about that. Yeah, that's great. I, I just want to thank you so much for doing this with me. I thought that was really fun to just kind of talk about our first drafts and and um, and share that with everyone and girls right now. Yeah, thank you so much, too. And thank you to all our listeners, too. Thank you to Anne and Aya for sharing their work, their thoughts, and their conversation with us. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us in this episode of Speaking in First Draft. Check back bi-weekly on Wednesdays for a new episode, and make sure you subscribe to Speaking in First Draft wherever you get your podcasts. Much like the drafts in these episodes, we're just starting out, and we'd greatly appreciate any feedback you have. Leave us a review wherever you listen to this episode, and tell your friends. This episode is a production of Girls Right Now. It was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Catherine Destin, and was recorded by Ann Hellman. See you next time, and happy writing.